race car. I declare bankruptcy. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Depression. Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut. Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. You're listening to Great Scott, the original Office Rewatch podcast, the longest running one so far. With me is my deskmate, Jacob. Yeah, which no one cares about now that Angela Kinsey and uh, Jenna Fisher started their podcast. I will say this week I started listening to it and I had to stop. Uh, One, each of their episodes covers only one Office episode. Okay. So we thought we took a long time. They are going to take forever. But they're doing it once a week? I think it's once a week. So it's about the same time. Instead of two every two weeks, it's one. Every- yeah, but we had a couple months where we were doing four. That's true. Um, the other thing, way too bubbly. They are like excited. They are happy to take on the day, you know? Well, when you're rich as hell, I mean, it's yeah. a lot easier. They're not having to do nine to five jobs and come in and yeah. talk about the office. But yeah, I'm part, excited. To talk yeah. About this. Part of me feels like I'm sure if I jump ahead a couple episodes, their flow is a bit better. Like, I only like listen to the first 10 minutes. The other thing, too, I was like, I've got too much office in my life already. I certainly <laughs> don't need to listen to a rewatch podcast while recording a rewatch podcast. So that's yes. Uh, before we get too far into it, uh, check out our website, brokenjarges.xyz. Uh, email us, brokenjarsbroadcasting at gmail.com, patreon.com forward slash brokenjars. Also, click the link below uh, in the show notes for Drive Through RPG to help us out if you'd like to play dice based games. That dice based role playing game. There's a lot of dice games that aren't role playing games. That's true. Well, there's a lot of role playing games with no dice. That's also true. Uh, yeah, that, that's what's going on. So well, before we get into it, just watch the show Daybreak on Netflix. Yeah. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. It, like, it's one of those shows that like, Grant, I like the first couple episodes, but it is slower. But once you get into like the third, fourth, fifth episode, it gets really good. It's like the past stuff pre-apocalypse. Like, does it intercut between that or does it start yes. pre-apocalypse? And then no, it, it intercut. There's lots of flashbacks. Yeah, I was curious about that trailer. All right, good to know. Good to know. So that's, that's my recommendation. Uh, my recommendation, I don't know when this episode will go up, but we are recording the night before Halloween. What do you call this evening? Like, what is your colloquial name for the night before Halloween when kids go out and do... They don't do things on Halloween night? Well, the night before Halloween, like, that's when people get toilet papered houses, you know, that's... Uh, that's it's just been October 30th. <laughs> I mean, I've yeah. never had... For it? No. Uh-uh. Oh my God. Well, I grew up calling it Cabbage Night. Cabbage Night. Uh, then when I moved to the East Coast, everybody was calling it Mischief. But I've, I've heard also, Mischief. Yeah, and I've also heard Goosey Night. None of this is for you, though, huh? That's crazy. I grew up in Texas, and I'm not a huge Halloween guy in general. Uh, like a medium sized Halloween guy. <laughs> I just, I really don't care. Like, cause right. Because you know what? I'm not going to go out and party tomorrow night because I got to work on Friday. And it's, so, so the, the amount of Halloween parties I can actually go to is like when it's on a Friday night or Saturday. Night. Yeah, but most of them are, to be fair. You're just lame. Oh, I am lame. I mean, <laughs> I won't even try to, to discount that. I am pretty lame. All right. 
Uh, well, let us know in the comments of this episode on iTunes what you call this night. Then we'll know that someone listened to this episode. <laughs> All right. But we got two episodes for you this week. Yep. So we have season nine, episode 17. Getting all, almost there, Jay, right? <laughs> the Farm, written and directed by Paul Lieberstein. I mean, this dude is just up his own butt. He is just like, this is my freaking show. None of y'all touch it. Well, I mean, this is, you know, very famously known as what was supposed to be a backdoor. I mean, it was a backdoor pilot, but it did poorly. Which is weird because like rewatching the episode, it's actually a really good episode. Yeah, it's messed up, but I felt the same thing. I was rewatching it and I was like, man, I would have watched this show. This show seemed like it had a lot of heart. Right. It, well, the thing, the thing I really liked about this versus other backdoor pilot episodes I've seen, it feel, it, you really can't tell yeah you're getting all this like stuff going on around the shroots but it's like it still feels like the office it, like uh there was a backdoor pilot in black hmm. or a show with the husband character and he uh and that was like you're just watching it like this episode felt completely out of place I see. With the rest of the series. Like the the cuts were different, the pacing, music, it was all really different. So it felt kind of jarring. Like, I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I don't think anyone really watching this knew it was to be back to our pilot until later. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of callback characters. Zeke. Mm -hmm. um, they introduced the sister. And the brother. And a new love interest for Dwight. Although at this point, they would have known that how the show ends. Right, right. Like, we're, like we're five episodes away or whatever from the end of the season. So they would have known that Dwight and Angela get to Right, but it could have, because of especially this episode, what happens in the next episode, maybe they were trying to set up some, some sort of weird rivalry between Dwight and Esther's dad. You know, yeah, some for kind sure. of conflict there. Right, but then I also wonder too, like would that be as important if he wasn't with Esther? Anymore? Right. And, but didn't also one reason it didn't happen is the brother got Silicon Valley. Wasn't that also part of it? Oh, uh, I mean, he is in Silicon Valley. I don't know if that timing uh, is right, but he is in Silicon now. Right. That's yeah. been on for a while now. It has. It's it's last season is airing this year. I haven't watched it. I'm watching, I, I watched I'm watching the first it. season, which I really enjoyed, but yeah. uh, that's, that's about it. Uh, let's see. It started in 2014, so the the timing does work out because the last episode was May 16, 2013 for The Office. Uh, April 20, April 6, 2013. Yeah, I mean, you could have recast them. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, a bunch of people are recast, Pam's mom, Andy's parents. But also, may, I mean, maybe, but this was, a lot of the recasting happened really before the age of streaming. Where this was definitely, you know, like season nine of The Office, definitely. So people would be like, oh, you recast them. Because you yeah. don't really see that too often. I mean, Game of Thrones, recast the mountain. They recast Daddario. Happens all the time. You dumbass. Wait, no, I quit. <laughs> I quit watching Game of Thrones. In season yeah, that's before. fair. No, I mean, it happens. I mean, the thing about it is just not addressing it. Uh, but anyways. Is, even as a standalone episode, I think it works pretty well. I think so, too. It works better looking at it as a standalone episode. Yes. It does ruin the flow of the season a bit. A bit. I um, mean, it's sort of a placeholder episode. Uh, but I do love the B-plot with Packer coming in and trying Doing to make amends yeah. with the kicks. Uh, I guess let, let's let's breeze through this a bit here. Uh, so Dwight comes in and he's dressed up with uh, piles of dirt for Aunt Shirley. Right. So was this? Um, so he's wearing this tux. Was is was that the same tux? You know, night. 
I think so. I mean, it didn't look like a modern X anyway. Yeah. And so he's got two pails of, of dirt. One is rich black soil. One is red and acidic. And right. so he's throwing dirt in his faces. And Oscar's like, oh, thank God. But he's, you know, pulling out the red one. So he throws black dirt in his face. It makes Oscar get really uh, existential about how long he's known Dwight. Right. It's like, oh, time's a son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, but then, of course, when it comes to uh, Jim... It's kind of like almost a callback to the snowball fighting episode. Right. Like really it gets it real wet, really like packs a mud it in. pie and the coffee. Yeah. Um man, I gotta say, because this is when Aunt Shirley dies. Right. And I don't remember talking about Angela cleaning her. We must it's just we been did. so long. Yeah. Okay. Was last episode. Yeah, I guess it must have been. Okay. Anyways, yeah. So uh yeah, he does that. Uh Pam gets a little bit of the residual dirt throw. Yeah. Um, he soaks another one in coffee and throws it in his face. That's that's how that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so so we said it. the gist is Shirley has passed. Uh, the farm that she owns is going to be given away. Um, right. But it's it, in her will, but everyone has to come home. Yeah, that's what it, it's. Well, whoever runs it has to live there. Well, yes. or is it everybody? I, well, it sounded like you, all of them had to come home. Got it. Um, so it's 165 acres of something, which I can't even fathom. Like my 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 in laws live on an acre of land, which seems huge to me. <laughs> so this is like insurmountable. This is just a nuts amount of land. I um I used to work like between high school and college. I worked on a 2,000 acre cattle ranch. Wow. Yeah. And that's in, from like Oklahoma standards, that's a tiny farm. They call that a hobby farm, like a hobby ranch. I, uh, I played Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2, so I kind of <laughs> have a sense of what you're talking about. Like when I was living in Oklahoma, my parents had 30. That's nuts too. It's too much, too many acres. Um, so, sorry, just trying to get back here. I mean, Packer comes in then, right? So he's trying to make amends for all the things he's done. Right. He says he's on like a program. Right. He's on step nine of Alcoholics Anonymous, step seven of Narcotics Anonymous. Yeah. Uh, so he's like trying to make amends. Um, well, there's another stick about it too. It's not just amends. It's something else. It's like, uh, owning up to, to it. Or, yeah. I need to apologize. Right. And I don't need. I need to apologize. You don't have to accept it, but it'd be great if you... Right. Um, so he's, obviously nobody wants to uh, really hear him out until he, everybody discovers that he has individually wrapped like bakery cupcakes. Right. As like part of called nipples. nipples? That's what he says. Got it. Be nipples. He's like, oh, the brain sees what it wants to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting to see like thoughtful Packer. I mean, again, he's not... Sorry, right. Ruse, anyways. Well, yeah, but. he's like backhanded, all these backhanded compliments like Pam Pam and her Pam Pam. That's right. Yeah. They are beautiful. Sorry. <laughs> Guess I was acting out. Oh, my God. He like, he calls Phyllis Philly and yep. like, you know, ripping on her size. You're behind your back and in drawings. Yeah. 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 So he's just being a douche. She's like, she's also like, to all you triples, triple XLs out there, I'm sorry for this, this, and this. Yeah. Um, so everybody seems excited about it, but Pam calls one of those secret warehouse meetings that people like to have. Right. And um, 
she says they shouldn't eat these cupcakes. Eating the cupcakes basically means that you forgive Packer and obviously, right, right, it's not something that you should do. Uh, and in this moment, they all agree that they will not eat right. the cupcake. Um, yeah. So back at the farm. So yeah, they're burying Aunt Shirley. And apparently they had a bad run of burying heavy sleepers. Yeah. So to do the honors is to shoot the corpse a couple of times with the shotgun. Yeah. Not not to explain the joke to everybody, but obviously instead of making sure that their sleeping relatives are wake up, they're just like, nope, we've committed. They're dead. <laughs> and, and they basically will murder anybody who's sleeping. Right. Yeah. It's pretty great. It, I, I do have to give Oscar credit. He showed up, you know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so he's not really part of the cupcake storyline. Right, and so the brother shows up and drives his Mustang right into the grave. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I can't find anywhere to park. And just, like, blows right past, like, 20 people and, like, six cars. Park. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so what's his name, the brother's name? But he, uh, he bought a nine-acre worm yeah. in California, which he later found out was a pot farm. Yeah. So now he's in the business of smoking pain manager. Uh, and we're also introduced to Fanny. Right. Dwight's sister from Chicago, um, who is a single mother to a kid named Cameron. Right. Who we've, we saw in Hey Plus episode. Uh, the character of the kid. The ki- oh, just the, the kid. kid. Right, yeah, because yeah, we, we didn't know that. Man, everybody's always being recast on the show. You Nick the IT guy. It's funny because talk about Nick the IT guy because we're rewatching New Girl because uh-huh. Netflix did a final season for him. So we're, we're trying to get through that, and he's a big part of that show. I see. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, we're so, watching Veep. He's also in that show. Never seen that. One. It's it's pretty great. We've been enjoying it. <laughs> it's very offensive, but it seems very accurate of the American political. Um. Okay. So back at the office, we've got some uh, fluffy ass cupcakes. Um. Yeah. Who says I never forget a number? That's uh, Creed. He's like face in and out. Names, one ear out the other. But number, I never forget them. And then we have this whole thing about where Nellie says she fired Packer. Yeah. But that was Robert California. Well, because what happens well, is... Well, she, she threw him under the bus. Yeah. Sees, right. Yeah. Right. Well, because Packer ends up getting sent to Tallahassee because of Jim and Dwight, right? Right. Then they go down there and they find out he's been working there and he's trying to get this, you know, VP job under Nelly for the new retail store. Uh, Dwight was going to take the hit. Jim saves him. They blame Packer. Packer gets fired. But right, I guess it'd be a Robert California thing. But Nelly was involved, I guess. Right. Yeah, because I do remember, like, look at this. Like, she had some speech about him, like, you know, fire him, but leave him his dignity. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. I mean, because essentially she could be fired because she's friends with Joe, right? Right. Was, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it's just a misremembering of that. Or, like, they're just playing to how Nelly would have seen it. Right. And I, I, this is uh, back towards the farm, but like uh, they're playing the video well of Aunt Shirley. And she's like, yeah. you have all disappointed me greatly, which is exactly what you would expect a shrewd to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting about this episode and then what this show would have been interesting for too, is just like really diving into all of the weird shrewdness that we've heard about. Right. You know, the, the five-finger approach to uh, interventions and else, you know, having a bag of oats. 
right marrying in your grave but having your funerals be fun something like that what you know all these weird things that he just says and it's funny and we take it but you know it would have been interesting to see how the show really explored those ideas um yeah so i'm i'm looking around i'm kind of wondering michael Schur, is he a michael Schur? yeah was he a part of the farm oh of the farm itself that i don't know i mean he would have been mose if it went well, no, I, I mean like uh, from a um yeah from a creative standpoint i'm not sure i mean because right. similarly too at this point parks and rec is going right but i'm also wondering um when did brooklyn 99 like get picked up and you know so maybe it was one of those things where the office didn't pick it up because they didn't feel like he was you know maybe it was spread too thin again uh, started yeah, I mean, in 2013 so the so it started the yeah. same here, year the here office ended. Paul Lieberstein wrote and directed the episode and intended to be the showrunner of the spinoff. This is why he stepped down as showrunner for season nine. Had the spinoff been, Rain Wilson probably would have left the office mid-season. Uh, so yeah, I guess it's one of those things where executives probably saw this pitch before it went on to air, or this pitch was before some type of like winter break. Like this, uh, well, no, because this is like March now. This, yeah. Yeah, this episode aired March 14th, so it would have been after the winter. But either way, it was decided before that it was not being picked up. So, but yeah, it would have been Paul Eberstein, not Michael Shore. So you could have been a writer, and if that's the case, you know, he could write while still showrunning those other programs. Right, yeah. But I just kind of wonder if, like, because he really be part of it, because he was a writer, he did a lot for Brooklyn, and Parks and Rec was still going. But that's the thing. I mean, he was never the head of the office. He was just, like, he just wrote for it. Because right. by that extension, like, anybody who wrote for the office could have been important, like Mindy Kaling. Yeah. He got an all-over deal. Yeah. Well, good places, doing good things for them, streaming-wise, and that's finishing, so. Yeah. It, what I'm, I'm glad, like... I'm glad they gave him complete creative control over that because it's one of those series that really needs to end when it's in. Right, right. You, yeah. you, you couldn't string the good place out for like, you know, an extra sentence. Like the, well, not the story that they're telling. No. If they, if they spent more time just good placing around maybe. Right. But, yeah. Okay. Good tangent. So, um, felt disappointed me greatly. Da, da, da. Dwight, oh, yeah. So, Dwight does kind of want the farm and he's trying to convince folks to stay. Right. Um, so like, he's like, you know, people under underestimate the power of nostalgia. Yeah. It's truly one of the great human weeks. Second. Only. Um, but then there's like a lot of like nice, I mean, I feel like they're subtle compared to how the, the office is this season, but there's this nice moment of, um, you know, everybody playing musical instruments as like a, an ode to Shirley. And Fanny's watching and she's enjoying herself, but she sees like this kind of small interaction between Dwight and Esther, who is uh, like a neighboring farmer's daughter. Right. And they're basically doing like a, a mating ritual. Uh, Dwight secretly gives her like a, a crow beak. Is that what it is? Something well, he doesn't beak. even really just like he casts like these slides it over and at her feet. And if she cracks them. Yeah. If she crushes the beak. Um, then that means she's interested in Dwight. Right. It almost feels like they're, I mean, especially because they know all the, each other's customs, like it almost feels like they're somewhat related. Well, I mean, they're, the way Dwight's described it, like they're Pennsylvania Dutch. Right. So it's probably a Pennsylvania Dutch. Right. And they're like, everybody seems to speak some, like a German-ish. Right. And like you said, it is a closed system. So, I mean, I guess they're all related as related as like Amish people are in those systems. 
I don't really know what Pennsylvania Dutch is. My whole my whole perception of them is basically Dwight Schrute. So yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's what, what it is. Yeah. Oh no, there are Pennsylvania Dutch. Uh, Pennsylvania Dutch, also referred to, referred to as the Pennsylvania Germans, are a cultural group formed by early German immigrants to Pennsylvania. Their descendants. Uh-huh. Oh, here you go. Uh, the only other uses where Dutch refers to the German settlers known. So, so Pennsylvania Dutch is for Deutschland instead. Uh-huh. Instead right. of what That's we right. think is the Dutch with the Netherlands. Right. Deutschland. Right. Huh. Uh, well, so so that all happens and you start to see how people are feeling about the farm. Right. Back in the office, Packer leaves. And now that he's left, a lot of people, except for Pam, decide that eating the cupcake is a good idea. Now, he'll never know. Right. So no harm, no foul. Their plan still works. Um, and it, it goes terrible for them. It's essentially like laced with like random assortment of pills. Right. Well, it's like I put in, you know, I spent all this time, you know, mixing in uh, drugs, both legal and illegal. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And some people got constipated. Some people got the runs. Some people got all these other things. And some people somehow got constipated and the runs at the same time. Yep. 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 Um, Yeah. Uh, kind of reminded me of Parks and Rec when they eat the bad calzones. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Howard by chooses to deal with their, their ailment. Um, Betray calzones. Yeah. Uh, but Pam didn't eat hers, so she's fine. Right. Um, it's that. Uh, back at the farm. Well, yeah. She's like, no. And then she's going to throw it out and Kevin stops her. And she's yep. like, I know, Pam. I know. I understand. Yeah. I understand. It's terrible. Um, so back at the farm, it's evening. Dwight is milking a goat. Well, I think it's early the sun's not up i don't know dude i don't know i'm not a farmer well you my mother used years. to go i know a lot about really random shit i think we've covered this in the podcast many a time no i mean i know random shit you've had a weird pennsylvania dutch life in texas or something whatever your weird <laughs> thing is <laughs> uh he's like you know is it dangerous to take him he's like oh yes he's attack chickens like i was just asking you well it was a dumb question, and it's it's okay to ask, but you're going to get made fun of a lot. That's right. That's right. Um, but you kind of develop, you know, Dwight wants to be a dad, you know? Right. So, and that's something they played really heavily into, is Fanny definitely was seeing Dwight as a father figure to her kid, because he's never known his dad and all that. Yeah. You know, just a general male figure to look up to properly. Right. Um, so Dwight has this nice interaction with Cameron where they're milking this goat, but eventually he's like, all right, you're, you're, you suck at this. I'm taking over. Um, but you know, that's a relationship that would have been interesting, I think, to see blossom as, you know, right. And so it makes, because, and, and this is one of those things that we don't know, but because this episode really doesn't move plot forward, there's no telling when it was supposed Right. So, I mean, it could have easily been the second episode of the season or the, well, yeah, I mean, it could have easily been anywhere in the season. So I kind of wonder, because they get into the whole um, well, cause Daryl's other things. Yeah, Daryl's around. So in the, I mean, but he was basically an athlete starting, what, like season or episode like six or seven. Yeah, I mean, he's still on like a part-time basis for sure. Right. But I'm trying to think when... Uh, we're bust so i mean dwight christmas um is jim going down right but that's when he gets really pissed about it 
Dwight uh, does, right. Right. So, but it's somewhere around in there where Daryl really is there, you know, at least part-time. Yeah, because they live together or whatever. But, I mean, that's what it is. It's like Jim is higher up than Daryl. So, uh, so Jim seems to be the one who's down there more often and more consistently. Daryl seems to be in the office a little bit more often because he's interacting with everybody, like in this episode, to your point right. of like, yeah, what could have aired. Um, yeah, but it, it's interesting because oh no 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 oh, if we go by production code it is nine zero zero five so if we go by production code it was supposed to be put in somewhere between work bus and him's trouble got it because that is the only episode that the production code does not follow in the exact order right. And all the other production codes sync up directly to the episode. So there you go. It's probably supposed to be aired and be aired in October. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the episode ends with Packer giving two cupcakes to two people we don't see for a minute, but it's revealed to be Daryl and Jim who have not got the warning that the cupcakes are going to F their day up. Right. And we have no idea if it was before or after. He might have gone to Philly first. Right. That's right. Well, and then to our question before, Daryl was not involved in the main cupcake storyline then, just at the end. Right. And I don't know what number 51 is. It's it. And I don't remember what I was trying to... I mean... I watched these episodes on Sunday and we didn't get to It's not just it. He put, quote, it, end quote. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So what do you think of this episode? You know, like I said, I, re- I didn't remember liking this episode as much, or maybe I like it more now than I did when I first saw it. Um, and maybe knowing it was a backdoor pilot going through it this time around, uh, I can see what they're trying to do. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, I gave it a pretty favorable rating. I, it's funny. The cupcake bit's great. The stuff with Dwight's family's great, even though it's short-lived. We yeah. set up the whole Esther storyline, which follows us to the next to last episode of the season, I think. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I gave it a four out of five worm farms. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. It was much better than I recall. I felt like when I saw it the first time I knew, like I felt like it was one of those things that like Deadline had already reported, like leading into the season, that there were like other ideas for spinoffs and stuff. Right. Well, the uh, other thing is like, you know, you know, like watching it, you're like, okay, you're expecting to be a, you know, a backdoor pipe, which is going to suck. Right. But watching it now, it does feel like an episode of the off just has more concentration somewhere. Yeah. I mean, again, I didn't still don't really like this season. So this episode was also probably just a victim of that general feeling I had. Yeah. I was like, this is all just garbage anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Backdoor pilots actually work. Oh, I'm sure a decent amount. Uh, but that being said, I'd give it a 3.7 out of 5. Uh, broken beaks. I, I just can't feel like I can go for this season. <laughs> There's definitely a lot about backdoor pilots that uh, didn't out there. Yeah, I mean, 15 backdoor pilots that never became TV shows. Gilmore Girls Office in the Farm. Charmed and Mermaid. Let's see. The most successful spin-off shows, but that's not specifically Backdoor Pilots. Huh. Let's see, fifteen Backdoor Pilots never made it. Oh. I mean, one of the most successful spin-off shows has to be Frasier. Has to be Frasier. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like he ended up playing Frasier for like twenty straight years. Yeah. That's the next show we should Frasier. No. <laughs> Eleven uh, seasons too many for you. Yeah, a little bit too much. But, so here's what I want to do for our next podcast, even though we're going to take a break when this is done. I want to do a podcast called One and Done, 
where you watch shows that are one season and do a podcast like for the entire season for that show. Like Firefly, because there's a lot of great shows that are like half a season or a full season that don't get renewed. I think. <sighs> I don't know. I would do Firefly. Jesus, sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm sitting on the floor. Uh, I would, I would do Firefly, but yeah, there's a lot like where they got canceled for a reason. Also, like I'm very particular about my genres, sci-fi and sitcom. You got me, but like I don't want to watch Charmed or any Charm spinoffs or anything like that. <laughs> Oh, stories about that show. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Season 9, episode 18, promos, directed by Jennifer Salata, written by Tim McAuliffe. McAuliffe? McAuliffe, yeah, something like that. This is, uh, for as much as we hate on Season 9, there's a lot of great cold opens in this season, and this is definitely one of them. So Phyllis has gotten into audiobooks, and she started listening to Fifty Shades of Grey at her desk yeah and apparently she's doing all but touching herself yeah that sounds right off and so they do this talking head with pam and clark she's like uh 50 shades of gray it's very uh, uh clark's just like it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it's that it's that gaston meme it's like this isn't whatever it's porn yeah yeah and so uh Dwight just dumps a bucket of water on her. Yeah. And he's like, don't worry, she's no longer horny. Yeah. Um, so you ask a question here. Is Phyllis master? Right. Well, I was I was writing this in time because like they were reacting to her that she was actually physically touching herself, but then Toby says that they can't do anything unless she is actually physically doing it. Right. Though I guess that being said, I don't know. I don't have a vagine, but I suppose, I don't know. There's like, I think there's a clenching thing you could do. I was going to do it with my hands in front of the camera, but I think that's graphic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I just think she could be physically enjoying herself in a way that doesn't require her hand or the use of toys or anything. Right. I mean, but yeah, I mean, Toby does say, does, unless she does something about it. But that's what I'm saying. Maybe she is. It's just not, it's not a outer thing. It's all kind of contained. Internal. Yeah. I mean, we know she's sensitive because of her late orgasm stories. <laughs> so she's like, I feel like she may always be there, but whatever. Uh, Andy starts listening to it. He too starts to huff and puff and get sweaty. It's, it's something. I still don't get how that book made so much money. <laughs> Horny moms. I mean, when I, I worked at Blockbuster when the Twilight movies were coming out on DVD. And we would always do a midnight release form, and it was always 35 to 45-year-old women who came in for those movies. And of course, you know, yeah, maybe it's for their daughter, but like they were into it. You could think they were there to pick up those Blu-rays for them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. It's still, it's so terribly written. At least Twilight, what little I've read of it is actually moderately written okay. Like, Chains oh, of Grey is awful. Not about any of that, and I don't, that, in, that's you. Everybody direct all your comments about that to Jacob. That, and, like, and it was Twilight fanfic. That's the craziest thing about well, it. Well, that is what's crazy about it. Yeah. And they just reskinned it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's crazy uh, to me. It's just yeah. crazy to me. So, uh, you know, Angela is enjoying hearing Dwight tell everybody about Esther because with a name like Esther and Angela hanging out in that area of Pennsylvania, she feels like she has a pretty good picture of what well, this woman. 
I kind of wonder if this was the so so when Angela and Dwight were dating, that was seven years ago, right? From season nine, two two into three, six to seven years. Uh, I mean, they broke up during Fun Run. That's season four. So like five, right? five, five ish years ago. Yeah. So part of me, because Esther comes across as rather young, uh-huh. 21, 22, maybe. So, you know, because she did spend a lot of time out there. I wonder if she, this is sort of like an ugly duckling thing in her head. Like she remembers this 16 year old, awkward, pimply faced girl is now a 21, 22 year old woman. You know. Yeah, I, I personally I don't think so. Mostly because like generally Angela never seemed on board with the concept of like being a farmer and all those things. So I don't know how much she interacted with that life of it. You know, she yeah. calls out the barn to get married in because she because of those emotional Right, but I don't remember exactly when it was, but she talks about Dwight doing lunges. Maybe it's later. Actually, it's later in this where Dwight's doing lunges and she's in like the baby bonnet and he's doing lunges across the farm for his karate and all that. What about that? Well, like she's obviously spent a lot of time. Even if she's not up on the whole farmer thing, it seems that. But again, it's it's shrewd farms, you know, like I don't she's not going to local farmers markets there. Right, right. But. There's obviously a ki- some kind of connection between the Schroots and Esther's family. Yeah, I know. But Angela was never married. She still had her own house. You know, she left stuff there at the farm. I'm, I'm just saying, I think she's just assuming the worst. And she's enjoying knowing that she may be the pretty ex. Right. She's just being but petty. She also does mention directly that she's Brussels sprout. Yeah, but... Dwight's been talking about her a whole bunch. We assume. I mean, that's why, because Dwight's not telling Angela this about Esther. I think Dwight's announcing it to the office that she's coming, and Angela's the one who's doing the talking head about it. Okay. I, I just feel like there's no sense in pretending that they know each other. There's, like, little to know. Well, I just think <laughs> the, it's a real possibility that it could I, It could be, but it doesn't. I mean, because, yeah, just I, I'm only fighting it because the difference is that you're thinking there's a surprise element of the ugly duckling. And I'm saying, I think it's just general surprise because she thinks everybody like aunt Shirley is just a schmuck out. That could be. Uh, that, so, yeah. yeah. So, um, so Dwight, well, Esther's dad wants to tractor yeah. with Dwight. Right. Which yeah, that, that's, that's a nice that's, tractor. Yeah, that's kind of the shtick of this. Episode. Esther's coming with her family. This tractor deals being done. Right. It's a thing. Which I don't know why, like the tractor would be brought there. I mean, Tractors require a lot of space, so it seems like it would be on the outskirts of Scranton. Not like I don't feel like you're going down, down, you know, down, like down Main Street, Scranton. Like, hey, look, here's a Kubota dealer. Yeah, well, I mean, as you saw at the end of this episode, that's exactly how they get it home. So it's right, probably they, how they got it there. <laughs> it just yeah. seems like an odd place to do it. Yeah, yeah, Pennsylvania Dutchman. That's the answer to all of your questions here. It's just Pennsylvania Dutch. <laughs> Uh, so the thing that's going on in Philly uh, while Jacob coughs up a lung is that there's a pitch meeting with Ryan Howard, who uh, is, uh, is he, a, he's a, for the Phillies. I don't know. what He was uh, the first baseman for the Phillies um, since retired, actually had one of the most brutal injuries I've ever seen. Um, so he, he was at bat swung and missed and he, his bat flipped around and his Achilles and ruptured. Oh my. Yeah. But for a while he like, I, I'm pretty sure he won MVP. I mean, he was for a while. He was one of the probably five, 10 best players in base. I mean, Ryan Howard of the office is named after. 
Ryan Howard. Do we know that for sure? Yeah, I'm like 97% sure because he's it was in the Phillies and they were looking for like these like connection names to Pennsylvania and stuff. Yeah, and he played his entire career in Philadelphia as well. Yeah, if you want to see more of Ryan Howard's acting, watch It's Always Sunny. He's also in that show for a couple of times. So yeah, I mean, there there was like, yeah, probably about five years where he was just, you know, hitting 100, like 140 RBIs and 40 plus homers. So it was really good for a really short period of time. Yeah. Um, so, so that's what's going on in Philly. But then the other big thing in the name... Uh, how we get the name of this episode is that uh, some promotional materials have started going out for this documentary. Right. Which is it? The full name is the office in American workplace. Yes. Yeah. That's why our sub tag is an American podcast. There you go. Right. Something that we've all used as in our logo, which I'm joking. I don't think it's in any of those places, but that's uh, why. But yeah. So yeah, it comes out. And so everyone's really curious about it. Mm-hmm. But as with most things, there are different cuts of trailer for different regions. Right. So every time a new region comes out, they're watching it for a bit. Right. And so they say something about Angela, which I don't remember the exact name, what they, I don't remember the exact word. I think it was Danish. And to describe Angela, and it was 3 p.m. girl. Right. And they show Dwight and Angela coming out of. Whatever that room is in the warehouse where they used to bone. That's right. And then they all start to realize there's a whole lot more to this than they understood. Yes. There's this great moment where they all sort of break the fourth wall and look directly at the camera. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's kind of, you know, people are remembering memories that they forgot or they're concerned about what, Right. And there's another whole secret warehouse meeting. We're like wondering what they got. And Stanley's like, well, no one knows about Tabitha or whatever the third woman's name is. Uh, Kevin says they thought they were a human zoo. They didn't realize that there was going to be a documentary. (laughs) Uh, What does Nelly say? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So Andy is really enjoying all the comments also of the promos. Uh, people are complimenting his banjo skills or whatever, but of course it's the internet and presumably it's a YouTube similar thing. Right. I mean, obviously they probably, especially at this point, couldn't afford. Right. But um, so some negative comments come out and Andy decides to respond to them personally. Right. Um, and there is a whole weird thing about like, if you use a web address on TV, it must be old one. Uh, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. So I don't know if that accounts for like YouTube videos. I mean, a lot of these like internet companies and stuff that like, there's like whole departments who just have to buy URLs as soon as something comes up, even if it's a joke. Right. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird like law, I think. It is bizarre. Uh, But yeah, so we find out Nelly is the one, at least one of the ones who's leaving negative comments. Oh yeah, she's doing it all. Yeah. Um, So Ryan Howard shows up at the athlete office and he says, nice to meet you. Eat fresh. Right. Which I don't, I don't know if he was actually a Subway spokesperson at this point. I would guess so. Yeah. Uh, but and so he's got this terrible scream about how he's a mild-mannered baseball player who, like, doesn't get any of the girls and all of a sudden becomes, like, a superhero. All this other stuff. And the thing, like, I got to give Ryan Howard credit. N- not many professional athletes would allow themselves to be demeaned Right, right. As much as like he just they make him out to be an idiot. Yeah, and, it's true. You know, I gotta give him credit for like 
having fun with it because you can tell he's, he's like having a great time and actually for the most part plays it pretty well i think but yeah um uh, yeah it's something i thought when i first saw it because when this came out he was still playing i think um so like i was just like oh yeah well done <laughs> well I, it's a i think it's a reason why people like ryan howard like it's not just his skills but he's also like a good person yeah so he, that's he, always the differentiations between different like famous athletes yeah, so he, he played till person. 2016. I see. Oh, well, there you go. As MVP uh, and rookie. Yeah. Um, so Esther's family finally shows up at the office. It's a whole gang of them. And, uh, yeah, well, here, here's a fun. It's co-written six novel tricks. Yeah, not to knock it. Children's books are easy. I think we all know someone who wrote a children's book. Whether it got published is different, but they wrote them. Do you not know? I know three people who's written children's books. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. That's because you're too busy hanging out on your acres. You weirdo. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the Esther family shows up. Um, Angela finally sees what Esther looks like. And she says, I guess some men find Esther attractive. I guess there are chubby chasers, which is crazy because Esther isn't attractive. That being said, being chubby does not negate you. From no, Angela being a sizest, whatever. But, but, you know, but Angela is one of, I'm trying to remember exactly where, when it was, but Angel, one of Angela's big things for herself is Kenny. Being well, being small overall. Yeah, and she, I don't remember, but she, I remember she. She says like, she weighs eighty-two pounds. During, right, but uh, she's like, she's, like yeah. she's a size zero, double zero for sure, for sure. Yeah, I don't remember when that comes up, but I know, yeah, I, I know it's a line. Yeah, I, I she likes her petiteness, which I also think is related to like her old tiny sensibilities, which is also why her and Dwight kind of got together, anyways. I mean. You know, she believes yeah. that lady should be petite and modest, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, I dated a really oh thin... Oh, Here we go. <laughs> I dated a really thin girl in college. Um, and, you know, there was definitely, like, part of her identity was wrapped up in how little she... Like, she's yeah, like, but you say that, like, that's an exclusive concept. Everybody's well, identity is wrapped into how they look. Well, yeah, but... Go, it, go shave your beard right now. You tell me how confident you'll be coming back to this microphone in front of a webcam. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, like with really tiny girls, like being little is maybe because they have to be. I don't know. Says your society, noticed. your society, white male society saying that she has to be little, Jacob? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't she, think we're qualified. She, was, she was pissed when she went from a double zero to a zero. I'm like, they look great. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, that's new clothes. Yeah, you could you could put on a belt if you lose weight. You you gotta it's wardrobes and ladies' clothes are not. I mean, you really white, think I'm not gonna have a story man. about stuff we're gonna bring? <laughs> I know, I know. Listen, I'm just you know whatever. Just, podcast. That's it. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> different network. Too many episodes. We don't have the server space on broken jars. It's, it's got to go to freaking uh, was it Wonderly? One of, one of those big ones. Uh, okay, so. Yeah. Uh, da, da, da. yeah, Brian Plainbird. Oh, yeah, the big piece is the superhero name because well, uh, that's well, also that, his nickname. That was right? his nickname, was the big piece, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, the, the crew, well, the crew, the office gets Pam to go talk to Brian, right? The boom guy, uh, to figure out how much all they've got because you know, um, I mean, the Oscar, big yeah. Oscar said something to Angela about how like the senator might be out at his gay and they kiss on Halloween and she's like, he was dressed as Ronald Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the big one that has the most weight. I mean, you know, Stanley's worried about his thing. Right. Um, yeah. Everybody's a little worried, but the one that 
the audience has already bought into is the Robert Lipton stuff. Right. And so I mean, Pam realizes that they basically had no privacy tenure. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Cause then even if they turn their microphones off, they obviously had like local mics that just like picked up all the sound and stuff. Which is a weird thing because like they obviously were around a lot for a lot of really big moments. I don't, know exactly they thought that private well because i think it was that like it was the upstairs office or scheduled things downstairs so secret sex meetings downstairs all the stuff outside of the office that they weren't like watching them in the car with them you know obviously they know that like michael driving to david wallace's party with jan saying that she was going to have sex with or whatever it's like they knew there were cameras attached to their car but then these other moments right where they're like creeping around or whatever yeah and so she's really upset but later on she realizes like that she got to see her her love blossom and she's going to be able to relive it forever where most people have that right and so she's like i hope you got it yeah yep uh let's see uh back to the trailer so Esther's dad wants a 40-60 split in price. He's going to pay 40. Hmm. Dwight's going to pay 60. Yeah, I think he's in his book. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then at the same time, so we didn't talk about it, but Dwight gets um, Clark as a wingman, basically. Right. He's like kind of his bro to guide him through this tricky water of dating, as if this is all typical. And in the meantime, uh, Clark is asked if he wants to buy an auger. Correct. Whatever that is. It looks like a giant corks, but it's used to dig like post, like a uh, post hole for Uh But this tips Clark off, who tips Dwight off, who they both decide that they have to say no to this and that Esther is using. Let's just go score a couple of hours. Yep. It's great. It's very obviously obvious that Esther's sisters are very much just like, as Esther says, tractor bait. Yeah, that's right. So uh-huh. one thing I do have to call out here. Is all heavy equipment like tractors not, are not rated on mileage. They're rated on hours. Hours used, not miles driven. But Esther's all like, oh, you, you need to get a contract based on miles, not in a day. Right. Sorry. I, it's just a weird picky thing. But I got <laughs> No, please. Someone's got to talk for the farmer people. And it's definitely not going to be me. It's got to be you. Um, yeah, I grew up in flyover country. Yeehaw. <laughs> um okay so that's that uh pam goes to ryan brian yeah uh they all go parabolic mics yada yada buy me peanuts and cracker jacks a bunch of hot women go oh in toy story what is this oh oh, yeah yeah it's it's what we're saying is like what he's talking about is like a super like he's reading it's like emotional in toy story right right, darth vader is launching a huge attack Oh yeah, right. So Darth Vader. Yeah, which is never going to happen. Right, and <laughs> so so eventually, you know, Clark is like, "Hey, man, let's just go for a couple of fours because there's no game with fours." And so Dwight is wants to do it, but Esther comes in and is like, "Hey, don't do this. He's trying to scam you." Right. It is so. Eventually, we just see them rolling down some street at like 20 miles an hour, walking up. Yeah. The high, the, the way out of town. Um, and then the, in the office, Angela and Oscar, realizing what is going on, they decide to call the senator to let him know, and they leave a very Michael Scott-esque voicemail. <laughs> you look great. Oh, so great. Yeah. Like, if it sounds like you're, since you're going to be out as gay. Oh, also, I tweeted, she cheated with the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. 
What do you What do you think? Uh, I liked it. It's pretty good. The storylines work well. Um, I mean, we're I mean, we're right there at the end in the show and it just sets it up for a really nice landing and yeah you know and the thing now that i'm thinking about it is where they end up placing the farm was this nice sort of palette yeah yeah i mean this looks, yeah yeah no you're right because part of this episode so we go from it, moving on which yeah. is very to the farm which sort of feels normal again yep and so we just launch into the rest of the season which closes out the show i mean which Got one, two, three, four, five episodes. We've only got three episodes left. Which will come to you on time. <laughs> at, some, <laughs> at some point. They'll come to you. Uh, yeah, so what do you think? I liked it. It worked. Again, this is another one of those that like, so a lot of time through like rewatches, I just kind of get stuck about season seven. Uh-huh. I get to the D- D'Angelo episodes and like, nope, we're going to start over kind of thing, right? Right. The rewatching it, I'm like, this is better than I remember it being. Maybe it is because of all those extra rewatches and time and everything else, but um, I gave it a 3.5 out of 5, no longer horny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, half of the episode's good, the promo stuff. The other half of the episode is like there, it's filler. Uh, so it's fine. Generally good. I give it a 3 out of 5. Big piece. See, I don't, I don't think it's filler because with, um, my review. Uh, well, yeah, this, no. But because because it sets up the Nothing. whole the whole thing with Angela's breakdown, right? Promo stuff. Well, no, 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 no. With um, like she realizes that she could actually lose Dwight. And that's something that kind of gets brought up. Um, and so like I think she always thought Dwight would be there for her because he always has, even when like you know he tried to have Oscar kneecapped and all of that. <laughs> But when Esther shows shows up, she realizes. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like that gets covered in other episodes better. Well, sure, but it. I mean, Angel only has that. It lays the ground, you know, it lays the groundwork. All right, agree to disagree. I mean, it's it's <laughs> fine. The Ryan Howard stuff adds nothing to anybody's story. It just like shows us what they do over there. Yeah, I mean that. that I mean that was just more. Yeah, else, but yeah. it was. And if you that was, it was that that was fair. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the tractor stuff, like I said, Angela's only part of the beginning of it. Right. And then the rest of the tractor thing is unrelated to her. So, I mean, again, I'm not saying it's bad, but I didn't want to go above a three for it. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> thanks for coming out. It's a good show. Uh, we're almost there. We're so close. So close. Uh, just be sure that you only listen to one Office Rewatch podcast. That is great, oh, Scott. Just at least listen to two if you're going to listen to multiple. Ours and somebody else's. Well, the other ones have higher production quality. Are on and Jenna time. Fisher, we love you. Yeah. I mean, I like both. And Jicky. <laughs> so it's all good. All right, guys. Till next time. Peace. Later.